Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the i5 Corridor podcast. Tyson Alger here. Uh, special episode today. It is the 10-year anniversary of Thomas Tyner's record-setting day at Aloha. Uh, at, sorry, at Aloha High School when he rushed for 643 yards and t- 10 touchdowns. Uh, there is a piece today on i5corridor.com uh, about this story, but I really wanted to kind of uh, tell this from the perspective of somebody who. 100% wasn't supposed to be there at this game or in this situation. Uh, it's Andrew Thien. He's from the Oregonian. He's been there for, for boy, about a, about a decade at this point now. Andrew, is that right? <laughs> decade in April, yep. And you are not a sports reporter. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't think you've ever been a sports reporter. And you had to all of a sudden fill in and and fill in for <laughs> fill in for a high school football night and it just happened to be one of the most record I mean important high school football games in, in Oregon sports history how, how did that come to be for you yeah I guess to, to set the table you know I I grew up wanting to be a, a sports reporter and wanting to be on ESPN you know we grew up with the Olbermann and Patrick like you know the pinnacle of sports journalism so there's a time where it's like in terms of broadcast that's what I wanted to do but by the time I was standing on the sidelines of uh, Aloha High School, yeah, I, I had long ditched that dream, and I was just filling in because you and uh, Jeff Smith and Dan Edel, uh, the uh, triumvirate of excellence out in Hillsborough, <laughs> you guys were all covering something else, and I think it was just a thing where it's like, wait a minute, like I knew who Thomas Steiner was. How did this kind of fall into my lap? I will happily go cover this game. And I knew nothing about what I was getting into. Well, it's it's funny because legitimately that was actually, uh, that was the first day I moved to Oregon. I think I was starting at the Argus with with the trio the next week. And it was, it was, let's, uh, you know, hey, we have this guy filling in for you for this night. You can start covering the games next week. And so I was just kind of like, on the auxiliary, like keeping track a little bit of like what was going on. It was like, Oh my God. Like, you know, I, I grew up in Alaska where we didn't have any real notable high school football. And then all of a sudden you have this five-star kid who's a local kid who, I mean, 10 touchdowns. I, I mean, the, the, the thing that I really want to get into is just, uh, how the heck did you take stats for that? Like high school sports is one of the hardest things to do just because there is not, a scorekeeper who is providing you with with quarterly score sheets and box scores and all these things you oh, for the most part you have to do it by hand and that's hard enough if it's a, if it's a 21 to 10 game but this was 84 to 63 and the funniest line in your entire story is as of publication time accurate passing and rushing statistics for lake ridge were unavailable <laughs> and i imagine that's probably because it took like three hours just to do diner stuff on its own well I, i'm glad you mentioned this because i you know i had absolutely no clue that this is what you guys do and and how you handle games basically I I think I must have talked to Dan and Jeff before the game and got kind of the sense of like you know if memory served it's like you're gonna want to like take some notes and you're gonna want to (laughs) like keep track of like you know and I'm familiar with like you know I'm a huge basketball guy and like I've I've covered some basketball games not in a like professional capacity but it's like I have the understanding of like you're going to want to like mark, you know, the high points, right? Like <laughs> this happened here, this happened then. If, but, if there's, if there's a touchdown or like a big dunk or. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was um, within 
it had to have been within minutes. I was completely overwhelmed of like, I think I just gave up at that point, like of having, um, an accurate, like in my hand, you know, I had, I had a notepad, but like, I, I shared this with you that I, it must've been one of the coaching stats. I had a very detailed, um, or it could have been a, another media member, but I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it was, but someone had this one sheet that had all of the plays on it. But, you know, I think at some point I must've just burned through an entire notebook yeah. because it was like, it wasn't just Tyner, uh, as we'll talk about. I mean, there was a guy on the other side of the field who I didn't know was as good as he was until I was there. And it was very clear. It's like, this kid is a, like a star as well. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty crazy that Eric Dungy throws six touchdown power accounts for six touchdowns in that game. Uh, he ends up being a pretty good D1 quarterback in his own right. And it's just yeah. kind of like the the footnote of, of this story. Um, it, it's funny. I was I was looking through it and there's a I, I don't know if you had to take pictures throughout that whole game or if it was just like a screen grab, too. But there was you had one of the scoreboard with three minutes left. I think the score was. Uh, it was like 77 to 60. Like, it looks like a basket, like a fourth quarter basketball <laughs> yeah. score. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and I'm just like wondering, like, at what point in that game did you just go like this, like, this is something different or like, this is, this is going to be something that's not just, uh, you know, I file this and, and go have a beer afterwards and forget about this story. No, it, it was pretty early on. Um, you know, when, when Dungy was, um, who is he, he was a lefty, right? I, remember I, believe, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this kid was just dynamic and fun and like answering, like Tyner would burst through the hole at one point he had like a 60, 60, 60, but in between there, <laughs> and like everyone knows that Tyner, you know, I think everyone knows by this point, I mean, he was like, just built like a truck and faster than all get out. And Dungy was responding instantly with just insane plays of his own and so yeah I was just smiling and trying to like <laughs> at some point just look around at me like I can't believe that this is like the first and only football game I've ever covered how and how, uh, how quickly did you call an or like at what point were you in communication with an editor to just be like uh something's happening here <laughs> um I think it must have been around halftime where uh Carly Imus who um was a, a sports editor at the time and is now actually, you know, one of my bosses at the Oregonian now. And, and I was keeping her apprised and, um, you know, a lot is a lot of life has happened since then, you know, I've got two kids and all kinds of craziness. So I don't remember all the specific yeah. details, but I definitely remember before going, it's like I had a deadline and I had to, you know, at some point that was just a wash because it was like this epic game that like, you know, I was only supposed to give it a few inches, um, you know, a few hundred words, but it's like, I had to try to do my best to give this justice because it was such a, um, just thrilling game to be at. It's, it's so funny. Cause I mean, even, even if you are a high school sports reporter and you've been to a lot of those games, like there are, I mean, I, I love high school sports, and, and one of my favorite things is is that, it, or the thing I think I miss most about it is the fact that it used to bring me to different parts of Portland in the community that I don't necessarily have the excuse to uh, to go see. But, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of times, a lot of times there are bad games, and it's hard to find, like, a good storyline or, like, something <laughs> to, like, really kind of, like, punch this thing through. And, uh, 
yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if even if I was in your position, like I probably would have been rattled by like, how do I even try to begin to write, <laughs> write this thing? Because it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't the, just this game. It was Tyner's 18th birthday. I mean, I don't know. At some point, it's one of those things where all you can really do is like lean into the absurdity of the whole thing because there's two onside kicks. Looks like there was multiple fourth down conversions. <laughs> yeah, I was I was um, you asked earlier if I was taking photos and like, yeah, that that was one of those things where we didn't have a photographer with us. But like, you know, I'm at that time, I was really into like photography as well. And so I just thought it would be easy to do both. But it was so like, Tyner was breaking these runs, and he was just gone. And I couldn't even get him in the shot, like, because he was yeah. just, you know, I'd be trying to take notes. And I have a couple shots of actually that um, of him looking over his shoulder, you know, on my iPhone, I think just, um, <laughs> I mean, it was just truly definitely the most memorable game I've been to, um, as a fan or as a, you know, as someone obviously working. Well, it's, it's, it's crazy going back and like reading some of the quotes from that too. Um, Chris Casey, who, uh, uh, was uh, low as coach at the time, he has this quote where, you know, he's been such a great player and to have his pinnacle moment on his 18th birthday is unbelievable. And, uh, that kind of resonates with me, you know, here 10 years later, because, you know, you could make the argument, this was the kind of the pinnacle of Thomas Steiner's football career. Um, you know, he went on to Oregon and he, he was very good for Oregon for two years when he was on the field. But, um, I, I don't think there's a, a high school athlete from the state of Oregon that's been under the microscope quite as much as Tyner ever was. And I think a lot of it had to do with this game. And so when things didn't work out exactly the way they thought a five-star running back would work at Oregon, and then he had to medically retire, and then he went to Oregon State. And, yeah. you know, now here 10 years later, you know, um, you know, he's he's really kind of, it seems like he's gotten out of the shell, whatever shell that was that he was in during that time. Um, and, and it seems like he's kind of embracing who he is as a person now, but, uh, gosh, I, I can't imagine being 18 years old and, and just all of a sudden having all of that on your doorstep. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an excellent point when you think of, especially like in the last 20 years, cause that's, you know, when we've been most aware of these high profile athletes, it's, you you think of Kevin Love probably would be, he was under the microscope, but he didn't stay local. He went to UCLA, um, Kyle Singler, he was under the microscope. He went to Duke, um, maybe Colt Lyarla, you know, yeah. um, but like he obviously came from a, you know, and Tyner, you've written about his, his upbringing. He has an interesting life story too, but like he, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't clear that he ever um, wanted to be this, <laughs> this football superstar from your reporting and, and others. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's interesting because like, I, I feel like so much of this happened at the right time and place for it to go just huge. Like, you know, he's, he's the in-state recruit at a time when Oregon football is as big as it's ever been. And it was yeah. assumed that, you know, he's going to be the next great Oregon running back. Um, it came when social media was kind of out of its infancy and into a point where, you know, hashtag O preps or, you know, you know, like, like, like people were, people were talking about that game immediately as it was happening that night. Um, and it came at this interesting time too, at like Oregon live where we had a huge preps. I mean, like, you know, we, we covered almost every preps, major preps game in the city. And it was at, at kind of the high point too, of like 
really pushing like let's get stuff online tonight and get it up and going like it was kind of like all of these things coming together to turn this into i mean that was like i i flew into portland that day and i thought thomas tyner was the biggest star in the state <laughs> that is so funny that like you know at the outset when i was assuming like just in my memory like i had assumed that you were there like i didn't remember that piece of it so yeah you arriving that day makes it even more bizarre i think and memorable um you know, the next day after this, this story, but like, yeah, I think the national piece of it, it, it was, it was a national story. I had, you know, friends, um, like Dan Rubenstein, who's like a ducks, you know, a ducks alum, who's like a big college football guy. Like, um, I had just, you know, spent some time in, um, I was an intern at Bloomberg before I came back like that in April of that year to work at the Oregonian. And so like, I, you know, I had friends back East and people were all texting about the game, right? Like everyone's like, wait, you were there. Like how crazy was it? And it's just one of those things that like, it spread like wildfire. And I think you're right. I mean, this was like, LaMichael was there, right? Like this is like, yeah. everyone figured that this was just, you know, I think the, you know, and I'm an Oregon duck alum, but you know, I think there was just a natural assumption of like, well, the rich getting richer. Here comes Thomas Tyner, who's like, you know, an Adonis on the football field. Um, it's but it didn't pan out that way. It's I was just watching um, highlights from when he won like the state hundred meter. Like he said the state hundred meter uh, record. I think it was his junior year. And man, like I I understand like why Oregon football fans like expected so much out of him because just like seeing a guy like that big and that built running that fast is, I, I still think he's unlike most athletes that I've ever really seen. Like I, I think if he, if he could have maintained his health, I think he could have had a long NFL career if, if he wanted it. I, I just don't know if that was ever really the case. So. Yeah. The, the thing that really sticks out beyond the craziness of the game and everything is just like his speed and granted, like, you know, I, I was not well-versed in <laughs> the defensive line of like Lakeridge circa <laughs> right. 2012 or the offensive line, but like, I, I think, mean, I think they had nine future sec. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but when he burst through the, you know, especially where it was like 60, 65, 60 or something like that, it was in the story. I don't know. Um, he had three touchdowns and three consecutive possessions where when he hit that hole, it was just, it was just like, he was gone you know yeah. and just the speed was something the speed and the power like he didn't even have to break tackles that's what made it kind of comical you know like he wasn't really break. he had a couple maybe where he did but i mean a lot of it was just you know he was just gone it's it's, it's funny because the the next year um in probably what was the most impressive rushing performance i've seen in person it was a uh, joey alfieri at Jesuit who ended up, uh, he ended up being a linebacker at Stanford. Mm. Um, but it was, they had Henry Mondu on the offensive line or kind of at tight end. And they would just like line up in I formation and they would just give Alfieri the ball every single time behind Mondu. And there was, they were playing central Catholic and I, for, I forget the final yardage total, but I think he had like 300 rushing yards in this game. Yeah. And there, there was one point where I tracked it, where I think Alfieri got the ball 13 straight touches. And on the last one, he like broke free, like a 25 yard. And like, it's, it's the opposite of Tyner. Like he's not pulling away from guys. He's just, right. he's blowing guys. Battering over. Ram. Um, and so he breaks free a touchdown. He gets to the end zone. He like takes off his helmet and just pukes all over the place. 
um, you know, maybe he should have gone to Nebraska and played for Scott Frost because that seems like the thing that's uh, in vogue these days. But yeah, it was just like, oh my gosh, like I don't think I'd ever seen something more dominant than that. And Tyner basically had double his production in that in that game. Just wild. Yeah. So I grew up in Medford, um, which like people haven't been down there. They might not realize or especially when I was there like you know it was like Friday Night Lights I mean that's like it was the thing you did in Medford was go to Spiegelberg Stadium which is like this epic high school stadium that has like 8,000 seats um and when North versus South is the black and blue bowl like it would especially when I was there both schools were you know South was starting to get better because now I think a lot of people are familiar with you know whether it's um, a singler or a coda or whatever coming out of there. But, um, like those games would draw, you know, 8,000 fans, maybe more. And like, that was just an incredible experience. And so that's, you know, I've always loved the high school football scene because of that. I mean, that's how I, you know, kind of loved first love football was going to those games. And I remember some games that kind of stood out or whether it's Roseburg, big, bad Roseburg coming down and Thurman Bell, but you know, it was always kind of the grinded out running backs. There's never, you know, North was always great and went to a couple state titles when I was growing up and they had great athletes, but I mean, it's just, there's just nothing, nothing that compared to Thomas Steiner. I mean, it was just insane. So when, when we were all working out in Hillsboro together, this was 10 years ago, uh, we were, we were on kind of like the, or the Oregonians, like one year, one year at a time, t uh, internship kind of contracts. And I just always remember us being, you know, hanging out in the parking lot, either on break <laughs> yes. or after shift and just kind of being like, gosh, like, when are we ever going to get hired or, you know, and, or just kind of the typical complaints of, of some people young in their careers. And now you're, you've been there for, for 10 years. 10 plus years now and, and you've worn a lot of different hats like what have kind of been your reflections on 10 years of of working for the the state's largest news organization well i think about those moments a lot back in hillsborough because the um you know the amount of talent that we were lucky enough to be surrounded with like is pretty staggering um, pulitzer prize winner <laughs> yeah shout out rebecca wollington um one half of the uh, murder twins, Mur the murder twins. <laughs> which is an affectionate, you know, nickname, uh, Emily Smith, who's also a phenomenal reporter. I mean, it's just, look, we, we had, uh, it's been a weird and wild ride. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm still very passionate about the mission and like, we're trying a lot of cool stuff on the pod podcast front and, you know, like, Elliot Noose, um, your friend and my colleague who's, you know, been into this, he's been at the O longer than me. And, you know, we, we both pushed, we had the same idea to do podcasts years ago and, you know, finally there's interest and, um, we're trying to do our best and, um, it's, uh, it's a dynamic business <laughs> to be sure. But like, I don't know. I mean, it's the, the thing about journalism is you get to do so many different things um, if you want to. And the fact that I've like, you know, I was looking back at the timeline, like what else was I doing when during the Tyner week? And like, I wrote this profile about this uh, artist and Cedar Mill who had a stroke and was like learning to paint 
you know, with her offhand. And like, that was one of my favorite stories I did out there as well. And that happened right, you know, the same time I got to yeah. cover this crazy game. Um, and so like the, those are the things that stick out. And then, you know, working on city hall and like, you know, learning from Brad Schmidt, who's just like, a wonder wondrous mind a beautiful mind of like investigative reporting um and a big blazer fan as well and then just like covering transportation for three years was super fun and i also did like higher education environment so it's just been a wild ride and um it's weird like i started doing the podcast that i do in 2019 um but now it's like i've recorded 80 plus percent of the episodes from my house. So it's just been kind of crazy to look back at it all, but here I am. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 in, in the, uh, I, I guess you can't even call it the O's new offices anymore. Cause boy, they've been in, they've been on that on 2014, that I think for, yeah. for, since 2014, but I was going to say they had that, that, that nice production studio in there. That's probably perfect for, for podcasting. And I, I imagine you probably do most of them remotely. Yeah, no, we definitely do them mostly remotely and Elliot, um, cause Elliot was the podcast editor before, um, before he became the business editor. And so we were like, right before the pandemic, we just gotten it just right. And we just got in the studio dialed in <laughs> and, uh, and then we had to figure out how to do it all remotely. So it's been crazy. Well, me and uh, me and Connor Letourneau got plenty of good use out of that studio recording our uh, our Pac-12 <laughs> baseball breakdowns that I think got like 250 views every week. So, well, we, and you we, and Greif. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, the the official visit recording. Is that the name? Yeah, that was the name of the podcast. It was a good one. You guys were ahead of the curve. It's funny. Like, I mean, just you know, it, this is something that I feel safe saying the company should have done a long time ago and and uh you know um my former neighbor lynn terry was doing podcasts like 20 years ago and it's like it's cool to see like now there's a cohesive effort but yeah. you and greif were doing uh yeoman's work back before it was cool you know well you know we we try it, it, it was it was my only way to really bring him back down to a level playing field because you get him on camera greif's a beautiful person and uh <laughs> No argument my, here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my 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 voice is just way buttery, way more buttery than his. So, <laughs> no, it's watching that guy uh, just be a rock yeah, star is, is really great. Piss, pisses me off. <laughs> well, he's such a he's such a hard guy to get along with. Is the problem, right? He's just yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> he's he's angry all the time. He's uh, uh, selfish, uh, not talented. Um, not at all. Yeah, yeah. I just LA times really needs to reassess its hiring processes, but good. Uh, you finally got a talented Andrew on the show, you know, thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, thanks That's a lot, man. Joke. Like, like, like this is, uh, I'm, I'm glad we were finally able to do this. I know I had hit you up like a year ago being like, Hey, at some point I'd like to have, love you have love to have you on as a podcast guest. And, uh, uh, I think this kind of works perfect for uh, trying to take after you guys and kind of do some some themed episodes here or there and and really kind of uh, highlight the the coverage on our site. So uh, uh, thanks thanks for being a good inspiration over there at the O. Well, thanks for having me, and I love reading your stuff. You're just it's such a great idea that you're executing really brilliantly, and uh, I'm happy to talk about 
my high school football <laughs> reporting experiences or anything else. So hopefully, uh, you know, this is one of those where I'm never touching another game again. Like, how could I, right? It's got to yeah, be no. just this game. Yeah, just I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. No problem. Listening to the I-5 Corridor, hosted by Tyson Alger and Aiden Schneider.